trend over the past 10 12 years or so has been towards making marketing more responsible for metrics and and, and revenue and so on and that out that trend i would say is, the, is probably the reason why uh, i became a marketer and uh, and the trend is there and i've stayed being a marketer Welcome to the CMO Stories Podcast, brought to you by Fortella. This podcast series features marketing executives explaining how they're upending the fundamental approach to marketing to get above leads and tactics and instead focus on revenue goals. And now, on with our show. If marketing is the engine of growth for the modern enterprise, then demand generation is the fuel that creates the sales pipeline. In B2B enterprises, demand generation is increasingly a data-driven function. With more and more companies going all digital, demand generation leaders have to be master tacticians and data scientists at the same time. And I know a few marketing executives who are better at managing this complex and critical role than Venkat Nagaswamy. Venkat is currently the VP of Demand Generation at business communications company 8x8. Previously, he founded an AI-based marketing technology company, Mariana IQ. He's also led worldwide enterprise marketing at Juniper Networks and advised CEOs and CMOs on their business strategy as a McKinsey consultant. But at his core, Venkat is an analytical marketer. He takes a data-driven approach to all aspects of marketing, including planning and budgeting. I caught up with him to understand how he approaches this crucial task, because if marketing planning and budgeting is done correctly, it can set you up for success for the next year. But if you trip up, then you'll be hamstrung with lofty revenue expectations and limited resources to execute. So Venkat, you're a... You're the global head of demand generation at 8x8. What does that role involve? What are your core responsibilities? Okay. Um, my responsibilities are anything to do with pipeline. Um, uh, what that means is uh, all our digital activities, uh, website, uh, all the Martic uh, uh, tools, um, emails, Marketo, uh, paid media, paid search, uh, are all my uh, within my purview. Uh, the ones that are not in my purview in, in that world is uh, essentially field activities. But then I don't think um, a whole of, lot of us are doing a whole lot of field activities now anyway. Right. So let's go back and and start with really what makes you a marketer. You've got pretty diverse set of experiences. You've been a marketing executive at large public companies like. 8x8 and Juniper Networks. You've been an entrepreneur and founded your own AI-based marketing technology company, Ariana IQ. And you've been a McKinsey consultant where you've advised business leaders on their go-to-market strategy. Marketing at these different companies can be very different. How does your role at 8x8 differ from other companies that you've previously worked at? Um, I, I must say, um, you know, had someone asked me a dozen years or two dozen years ago, 
um, I wouldn't have said I would be uh, 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 in marketing global head uh, of demand gen or CMO or anything of that sort. I wouldn't have said that at all. Uh, the the it is more one thing that's uh, uh, been happening over the past twelve years have played into the kind of things that uh, I've been doing uh, historically. So if I if I look at uh, what we did at McKinsey, what we did at Juniper, and what's going on today, the general trend over the past ten uh, months, ten years or so, twelve years or so, has been towards making marketing more uh, responsible uh, for metrics and, and and revenue and so on, and that. I, that trend, I would say, is, the, is probably the reason why uh, I became a marketer and uh, and the trend is, and I've stayed being a marketer. My then boss uh, at Juniper from ten years ago, uh, Lauren Flaherty, she uh, saw this trend towards uh, uh, making marketing more of a science, and uh, and that's why she brought me in from when I was doing strategic alliances into marketing. Uh, and uh, and that and that trend and, and my journey uh, has been going on since then within uh, 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 within Juniper and elsewhere. Now, if you think about Juniper um, and any hist- uh, any companies of that type and and that generation, marketing's role uh, was had to do with uh, the typical areas or what traditional areas I would say uh, around AR PR. Uh, brand and so on and so forth. Uh, the amount of pipeline that we were when that we were generating uh, that uh, uh, went from marketing to sales was relatively low. Uh, I would say at that time, uh, five to ten percent is what we had, and I think at that point IDC's uh, benchmark was around uh, uh, low twenties. Uh, on the other hand, the role of uh, marketing at eight by eight is much much different and. Uh, this is a trend that I've seen in us, in SaaS companies, in other companies like Box and Dropbox and so on, where uh, the role of marketing becomes super important. And, the, and, and this is two or threefold, right? One uh, is the product, uh, uh, it, it, while there are complications when in, uh, around contact center and how you deploy and so on and so forth, it's still relatively uh, a simpler product than, let's say, a, a router that we used to have at uh, Juniper where the sales cycles were long, two years, year and a half, two years sales cycle, deployment was long and, and, and involved. Uh, but in, uh, uh, at 8 by 8 you know, even the, the, the largest deals that we do are about like a million, uh, about a, a, a one year uh, when it comes to sales cycle. So the sales cycle on typical basis of, uh, at least in terms of number of things that we do is much, much uh, smaller for us. Secondly, because uh, we have e-commerce and because you can buy things online, either for us or for uh, a whole bunch of other SaaS companies, uh, uh, the website and how digital activities to drive, uh, to not just marketing, but to drive sales becomes uh, super important. Uh, and finally, uh, uh, the, the ability to attract and target our marketing activities, and this is a broad statement for a whole of B2B, our abilities to, uh, to target uh, um, uh, the right accounts, target the people within the accounts and bring them onto site and, and to nurture them appropriately has become far greater today than what it was 10 years ago. And arguably, uh, Maria and I and what we did played uh, a bit of role in that. But, uh, but those are some things that have significantly changed over this time. Uh, and, and, and you result in a case like uh, uh, 8 by 8 where marketing 
is a big, big, I, I can't say exactly what the number is, but it's a much bigger uh, uh, source of lead and pipeline than what we ever wa- were at a place like Juniper. That's great. So let's talk about the topic du jour, which is planning. A lot of companies are in the middle of planning cycles for next year and up right now. Planning at a large company is usually time intensive. A lot of people are involved. This year will probably be even more complex because of uh, the pandemic and the greater economic uncertainty. What is marketing's role during planning at 8x8? And do you typically, and what I'd love to understand is sort of how you get involved. Do you typically get involved at the tail end of the process and are given a, a pipeline plan by your CFO or CEO? Or are you actively involved in analyzing marketing opportunities and how much revenue marketing can deliver? Absolutely. So uh, historically, uh, and this is not an eight by eight comment, but this is more of a marketing comment. You know, uh, marketing would be given uh, uh, a target and then uh, in terms of budget. And if uh, uh you are enlightened, if the CFO is enlightened, you might get a pipeline target, but typically you get a budget target and then marketing uh, uh, would report back on what they did with that. Now, uh, the big thing, and again, with the trends that have gone on with the market, tools and so on, and some of the discipline that we've brought into 8x8 is to flip the model to say, hey, based on what the company needs to achieve, what is it that marketing needs to do? Uh, and especially given that marketing is a big part of uh, uh, pipeline source for 8x8, it, it becomes critical. So what I mean by that is tip, uh, what happens for us is uh, the, the revenue planning or, or what uh, we are shooting for from a total to overall revenue growth, that's set by, uh, 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 by finance. From that, uh, finance uh, uh, then based on... Uh, churn and revenue growth and so on, it comes up with a, uh, with a booking st- uh, target. And this booking target, uh, 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 we w- then start working with them to break this booking target into a lot working with along with sales. Uh, sales at this point actually plays a, be- a bigger role in terms of saying, okay, here are the overall booking target. Where do we see it coming from a, a geographic perspective and a market segment perspective? Uh, we, in the US, we separate our business into commercial and field. Uh, and in elsewhere, it's slightly different, but uh, uh, how do we then uh, uh, target what is the bookings that we need to get? That's basically the state at which we step in marketing. We then say, okay, based on these bookings that you're looking to do and based on uh, um, uh, uh, the trends and other things that we see around con- conversion rates, the, the, the sales cycle and so on, we then uh, determine uh, what is the pipeline that we require to deliver on that overall uh, uh, bookings. And from that, we then work our way back into saying, okay, what is the budget uh, that's required to make it happen? And then there's a bit of a closed loop to uh, then iterate to see, okay, what what can we do better and how can we uh, make the the, uh, the overall, uh, uh, overall budgeting happen? Of course, in certain areas, uh, um, uh, finance is going to be more directive saying, okay, how much envelope that we have, but it's that close loop of saying, okay, here is the booking targets that we need and that uh, our booking targets that we have here, are the pipeline that we need, and then here's the money that we need. 
then you feel it back to be able to say, what is it that, that we can agree on uh, together? I think this dynamic between sales, marketing, uh, um, and finance uh, to, to come up with the overall number, I think that is the key piece as opposed to things happening in a day land, either with a, with a total uh, uh, budget number or uh, budget plus uh, uh, bookings number or pipeline number. Right. So once you have your pipeline goals, the plan, how do you determine your marketing mix? How do you know, how do you determine which programs and campaigns to execute? And do they vary by segments? And how far in advance do you plan some of these things? Yeah, so uh, what we do, just a final question first, we plan at the beginning of the fiscal year, and then we, we, we reset at the beginning of every uh, quarter. So right now we're in the process of resetting uh, for uh, this quarter. Uh, so to go back to uh, uh, your, uh, how do we determine what uh, uh, to run? So uh, to meet uh, a pipeline number, depending on which segment you are, which geography you are, we have certain, uh, uh, we know uh, where the pipeline has been coming from historically from a channel perspective. And, uh, uh, and then we uh, make some strategic uh, uh, decisions uh, uh, on top of it to then determine uh, uh, what it needs to be. What I mean by that is, so for instance, uh, at the beginning of uh, uh, this uh, May, we revamped our website. We uh, uh, went through a huge exercise in uh, redoing uh, uh, the content on the website and so on. And so when we were planning for this fiscal year, uh, we uh, did not just assume uh, uh, the pipeline ratio from last year. Rather, we said, hey, uh, we have made the strategic investment in uh, the website to uh, uh, deliver more of pipeline for free, quote unquote. Uh, and therefore, uh, we set ourselves uh, lofty goals to be able to, uh, 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 to be able to see what we can do. Uh, specifically, when we come to website, what we said was like, okay, uh, we have these new technologies deployed around Drift and around uh, uh, Hushly and around uh, our normal website and so on. And then we said, okay, based on what we know and based on the research that we have conducted, how much uh, more of a, a bump up or pipeline can we get from each of these sub channels, if you will, within the website? And based on that, we then determine, okay, what should be the target that we set ourselves uh, uh, for website? And so similarly, uh, we went through all the other exercises to say, okay, where are the places where, uh, based on the activities that we're doing, we expect the world to be different. We then use benchmarks to, to get those numbers. Uh, and then that's what we, that's what, that channel mix is what uh, we use to either do the, the, the costing or to do the, uh, to do the uh, targets for the full year and for the quarter. Within that mix, how do you know which programs are more important than, than others? So primarily, we, uh, it's a, uh, uh, we optimize on a cost per pipeline or cost per uh, uh, opportunity or cost per uh, uh, sales qualified opportunity uh, are the prime metrics that, uh, that we use to balance it off, uh, uh, balance various things. Now, uh, at the end of the day, uh, as everybody knows, like, you know, marketing uh, you're making uh, a, a portfolio of bets. And uh, so given that uh, uh, we have all these different instruments, uh, we are trying to 
um, optimize uh, uh, what that uh, best cost per uh, opportunity or cost per pipeline that we can get. Now, depending on the source that we go after, uh, uh, you know, pipeline dollar per dollar per pipeline uh, dollar uh, is easier for us to uh, get to. In certain other case, we don't have the ability to do. Uh, um, uh, control the pipeline dollar per opportunity, right? So in which case it becomes slightly trickier, but net net the metrics that we use are cost per opportunity and cost per pipeline dollar. Uh, and what I would ideally love to see is to have like some kind of uh, a simulation based on the percentage to then say, okay, what is the mix I should have? But right now it's more a spreadsheet exercise that we use to determine that. Now in certain cases, right? Uh, uh, you reach a natural limit. So for instance, let's just take paid searches for instance. Uh, and assuming you're not going to add more uh, keywords and so on and so forth, there's a natural limit in terms of the number of searches that happens. Now, uh, uh, and not only the number of searches, how much do you bid and how far do you want to go down the path? Uh, and so there uh, uh, you would say, okay, there is this natural limit that we're going to establish uh, and then we're not going to push beyond that. Uh, and then uh, uh, you go look for, uh, and that national limit is determined based on cost per opportunity. In yet other cases, you might not be able to even buy more leads if that's the way you're going. So nevertheless, based on these two metrics, cost per opportunity, cost per pipeline, you, you, can, uh, you can figure out what is the uh, 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 natural limit on each of these different sources that we're looking to get. And then we, uh, uh, we manage uh, we managed to that with a mix. Makes sense. Do you allow room for experimentation, say to try new programs, or is it pretty hard and fast based on what's worked in the past? So we we I mean I it, that's uh, uh, varies depending on uh, um, uh, the quarter and and so on and so forth, depending on how confident that I feel that we feel uh, in terms of delivering the pipeline. But y yes, we do. Uh, uh, use set aside some money to do some experimentation in terms of channels and uh, uh, and various things. So, for instance, last fiscal year we did a last uh, end of last year we did some radio ads to see how well that performed. We did some uh, physical what we were calling as geo blitzes. So there are things that we try to to figure out which ones uh, 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 or, or what some some experimentation money, if you will to then determine where, what is it that we should be doing. Okay. Now you talked about building a, you know, a budget request earlier. Uh, now, how do you, how do you build a business case for your budget request? Uh, I've never been in an organization where marketing feels like they've got the money that they needed. So how do you build that request and does sales play any role in helping you negotiate your budget? Absolutely. Right. I mean, sales, you know, I remember this conversation about a year, year and a half ago, maybe two years, I don't remember exactly when, when our uh, enterprise sales leader was asked by, uh, by finance to say, hey, how many more uh, salespeople do you need to reach this bookings target? And then he pauses there and says, okay, this is not about uh, how many salespeople, it is also about how much of marketing dollars and how many dollars that we need to put into channels to be able to get there. So sales is an absolutely uh, uh, important partner for us when it comes to uh, uh, negotiating for uh, uh, either a target uh, uh, in terms of spending or target in terms of 
uh, in terms of the overall booking. Without sales, we cannot uh, execute. And at the same time, sales cannot execute uh, without uh, uh, channel and, and marketing. Uh, and so sales is uh, extremely important uh, for us to be able to do it. But one, once, you know, the, the, the big uh, uh, alignment that we uh, have got with the sales is like, because we are measured, we in uh, marketing and, and channel, we are measured on pipeline. And that pipeline is, the definition is agreed to with sales. And in fact, it enters into pipeline only if sales accepts it. So given that, uh, 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 the the negotiation to uh, figure out what pipeline we should be targeting or what goals we should be targeting becomes uh, and I don't want to uh, diminish the role, but it's more it just becomes a, a math exercise, right? It becomes a lot less a uh, uh, lot less fraught with uh, uh, he said she said kind of discussions because it's just math at that point. Uh, and once we once it comes to math at that point, it's more uh, uh, it becomes very easy for us to have a discussion with sales and have sales uh, be uh, uh, be our partners in uh, in asking for uh, the right targets from finance. So when you look at uh, a budget for any marketing organization, programs and people are likely to be at the top of that list. So let's yep. talk about people. Uh, I would imagine that a lot of marketing organization at a company like 8x8 is already in place. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about how marketing is organized at 8 by 8 and how in that world do you account for the company's evolving needs or new skills that you need that, are, that, that you may not have? Broadly speaking, marketing is split into uh, field and corporate. In corporate, we have product marketing, uh, uh, com communications, brand and uh, uh, brand and campaigns. Uh, and then there is my team, which is uh, MarTech and digital. Uh, in the field, we have field marketers. Uh, we have uh, 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 marketing for, uh, uh, for partners uh, and events. So that broadly is how uh, we, uh, we are, uh, that we operate. And uh, when we, one point that you made about, hey, uh, large, this organization is largely defined, it's true. However, uh, there are a couple of places where we thought that, uh, or we knew that we needed to make a, a bigger investment. And that's been something that we've been uh, executing on over the past, uh, uh, over the, this calendar year. Uh, over this calendar year, I got a new boss, a new CMO, and, and uh, she's brought in a, a bunch of changes to the market uh, uh, marketing organizations in terms of personnel. But in terms of structure, the big place where we're investing is around uh, integrated, uh, more integrated campaigns, end-to-end -end integrated campaigns than what uh, we've done in the past. And what I mean by that is like, how do we have the same messaging from, uh, uh, from uh, brand and ARPR uh, to what we say on the website, to the emails that we send, to uh, the Google ads copy and landing page copy, and all the way down to what when our ADRs uh, call uh, to make appointments and so on. What is, are they aligning on the same messages that we have agreed upon? And so that end-to-end -end, uh, campaign creation and orchestration has been a, a new area of focus for us, uh, and that is something where we've been investing a lot more money 
uh, and people in in it. That makes sense. Uh, other than people and programs, technology is another area where marketing needs to spend. You have your core applications like marketing automations and CRM. You also have other applications like email and chat or sales engagement, web analytics and advertising. You mentioned Drift, for example. Then there are emerging technologies like Fortella. How do you justify the business case for newer applications such as Fortella? Yeah. So uh, it depends on um, whether the the application is going to uh, either increase uh, our pipeline, which by itself would be, uh, does it increase my number of leads? Does it increase conversions? Uh, so that just straight pipeline, how it relates to pipeline, uh, uh, volume and effectiveness and quality. And then there is also uh, uh, cost savings uh, 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 point of view, right? So for instance, uh, when we work with, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, data sources like Bombora, which I know is a partner, uh, there the criteria is, uh, is it, does it help us increase pipeline uh, or, uh, or increase pipeline or, or increase conversion rates uh, in some fashion, right? On the other hand, some other tool like uh, Fortella, there uh, our uh, gauge is more, uh, initially at least, uh, uh, the way I justified it is to say, uh, how much time does it save for us uh, from a planning uh, and uh, reporting perspective? Uh, initially, when Fortella, we started using Fortella, we were using it purely from a reporting function, which did save me you know, uh, half a person to one analyst time, uh, who would have otherwise been spending time on it. Uh, and then you guys added uh, uh, planning and now moving into channels and so on. So each of these times, we uh, so far we've been using it to using just pure cost, just cost arguments to justify it. Because otherwise, I would need to uh, deploy someone to solve those problems. But now the product has come to a place where I think what I'm really looking forward to in this quarter and beyond is how even though so far I've been using cost justification to justify Fortella, uh, now we have between the different tools that you guys are integrating. Uh, now we are coming to a place where I think you can affect uh, the pipeline cost quality and perform uh, cost quality and volume. And that is something that I'm really looking forward to uh, in your uh, current uh, uh, evolution uh, over this quarter and next quarter. Yeah. And I think we always want to be associated with, uh, uh, you know, top line growth and not just efficiencies. Um, so, uh, you talked about math. I know you're very data-driven, right? And I hear that from a lot of marketers these days, and especially in the technology industry. They love to say how data-driven they are. But I think out of all the marketers I know, you're probably one of the most data-driven uh, professionals that I know. What metrics do you look at on a daily or a weekly basis? And how do they guide your decision-making? And the related question to that is, how does marketing get measured at the corporate level, at your CEO's, you know, CMO, CXO level? Yeah, so uh, marketing uh, at 8x8 gets measured on pipeline, uh, number one. Every week, my boss, the CMO reports uh, the pipeline creation uh, um, to 
the, the to the east staff uh, and uh, uh, and that's number one thing that that we look for of course there are other things that uh, uh, that the business looks for from us in terms of press coverage and so on and so forth but the single metric that everyone pays attention to is pipeline uh, creation. Now that then, uh, and that's something that we report every week. I myself look at uh, 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 pipeline creation every week, but in addition to pipeline creation every week, uh, depending on the segment, I also look at uh, the number of leads that come in through different channels. Uh, and based on that, how much uh, uh, and, and based on the trends that we've seen in the recent past, how does it convert in what is a projection that uh, Fortella tells me is, uh, is, is projected for the quarter. Uh, so those are things that I look at uh, uh, on a relatively frequent basis, maybe three to five times a week. Uh, and I also look at, uh, uh, because uh, uh, some of our business, especially in the low end, is a very high velocity business, uh, I also look at metrics around like, uh, the time that it, a lead takes to uh, uh, go through our uh, cycle or looking at queue links and so on to understand whether leads are stuck or whether leads are going through uh, our, uh, our system or not. So it's, everything starts at pipeline and then it boils down to uh, uh, various metrics that we look at. Uh, given that uh, website and page search are, uh, are big, uh, uh, sources for us, I look at traffic and leads uh, that we get from uh, those sources uh, on a daily basis. You know, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that uh, you didn't imagine that you would be a marketing executive at a, uh, you know, at a, at a big company like 8x8. Uh, interesting tidbit about you is that you actually started your career as a mechanical engineer. In fact, uh, you have masters in aerospace engineering, and then you started your career designing plastic bumpers for automotive <laughs> manufacturers. How, how did you get into marketing from there? Uh, and has having a, an engineering mind helped you become a better marketer, or has it been a has it created challenges? Yeah, how I stumbled upon marketing was uh, you know um, I did a lot of sales and marketing work at. Uh, 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 McKinsey. Uh, and then when uh, I got pulled into marketing after doing strategic alliances in Juniper, it was because uh, uh, things were becoming more analytical and more structured and so on. And so I think like in today's days, uh, being, uh, being an engineer in marketing, I think is actually uh, super helpful. Uh, one of the, the phrases that my, that my uh, boss uses uh, uh, is that uh, being a process engineer, right? Being uh, looking at what goes in, what comes out, how do we, uh, uh, and what happens in between. And I think uh, having an engineer's mindset, having a, 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 an, a, a, an analytical mindset uh, is super important in marketing today. One of the things that started happening uh, with uh, web and with, with uh, modern ways of doing marketing let's say 10, 15 years ago, is people, our abilities to measure things started going up. But that doesn't mean everything that gets measured are the right things that get to be measured. So over time, we've gotten to a place where we say, hey, uh, we need to uh, 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 figure out what is the right things to measure and then figure out ways to go 
measure it. So having an engineer's mindset in doing that, both from uh, just determining the, 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 you know, the process flow and, and then think through uh, um, how to measure those things, but also in being able to uh, have a different perspective on the technology itself. I mean, you know, marketing uh, uh, right now, I, uh, you know, spends a lot of money on technology, probably more than IT, uh, I'm pretty sure it is, and uh, uh, and given uh, given that technology and knowing how to use the technology uh, to serve your purpose, not the other way around, uh, becomes important. And being an engineer who can understand uh, uh, slightly more things around technology is super helpful in doing that. And of course, challenges are that uh, you know. Uh, we need to measure the right things and not get too fixated on that and have, uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, analytics, measurement, targeting, and so on, uh, gets you only one portion of the way. The right message and how you tell the right message uh, and the creativity and other things that are involved in that is still uh, uh, makes far bigger of an impact than, uh, than the other pieces. So uh, not getting too fixated on just the numbers, being able to balance uh, uh, the balance your different parts of your brain in coming up with uh, what the right thing to do. I think that that uh, still remains a challenge. So let's uh, talk a little bit about eight by eight. Eight by eight's uh, an enterprise communications and collaboration company, and looking at you from the outside, it would seem that twenty twenty. Is, is a big year for the types of products that 8x8 provides, where every business, every individual is having to work remotely. How has that changed uh, the approach to marketing uh, your products in this sort of new uh, COVID world? First of all, uh, uh, you know, 8x8, as you remarked, is a collaboration and communications uh, company. We uh, are the people who allow people to work from home, allow people to uh, not just phone calls or video meetings, but also do contact center and other things from home. I mean, to give you an example, one of the vendors that we use uh, uh, extensively uh, is based out of Barcelona. They're a phone, they're a, uh, you know, uh, company that makes uh, calls for us. They're based out of Barcelona and Six months ago, one Friday, the Spanish government said nobody can leave their homes uh, as of tonight. And uh, over the weekend, uh, on Saturday, they approached us. Uh, Saturday evening, we turned in a proposal. Sunday, we deployed the system. And Monday, uh, all their call center agents were able to work from home without missing a single working day. So we are the ones who provide this kind of technology to, uh, 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 to let people work from Home and I feel super proud that uh, uh, we are enabling uh, enabling that right and and in in a very real sense uh, uh, we have helped these people uh, uh, continue their jobs and and being able to uh, feed the families and so on and I'm very happy about that uh, when it comes to marketing uh, one of the things that uh, we've needed to do is uh, uh, given a, a bunch of uncertainty we have. Uh, uh, we have made uh, a lot of changes uh, within the organization and how we do things uh, to give us more flexibility. And what I mean by that is that uh, earlier we were doing a lot more work uh, internally because we had a certain 
uh, way in which we're doing things and we're uh, in terms of channels and so on and so forth. But with uh, COVID hitting, we uh, needed more flexibility and therefore we started outsourcing or we outsourced a lot more uh, work than what we have ever done. What this allows us to do is to move things and switch things uh, uh, relatively quickly. So for instance, uh, uh, we used to do a lot of field events in the past in person uh, and while in different parts of the world and country, people are still uh, meeting in person uh, from a company policy perspective, we don't, we are not, we don't uh, uh, let people travel for company business. So we needed to do everything remotely. So we've been doing uh, virtual conferences, virtual meetings, and 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 so on to uh, to do things which we would have done other uh, done in person otherwise. And so the, the so we have made changes to uh, our marketing mix, but the bigger change I would say is to have a different attitude towards the marketplace right? and saying, hey, we don't know what's going to happen and therefore let's give ourselves as much flexibility as possible uh, and, and, uh, and so that we can react in whatever way we need to moving forward. Well, thanks, Venkat. This has been a fantastic conversation. Really enjoyed it. Really appreciate your time and you sharing your insights with our audience. Thank you for your time. This was super fun. If you like this episode of the CMO Stories podcast, please subscribe and give us a like or comment wherever you listen. And if you want to reinvent your approach to marketing and turn marketing into a revenue driver instead of a cost center, visit our website at fortella.ai. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.